Hey there, powerful soul. Welcome to volume two of the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. Here on the Grow Through It podcast, I share personal stories and the stories of others as we are growing through the journey of creating the life, love, and legacy of our dreams our way. Tune in as you may feel inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back to another episode here on the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today I want to have a conversation with you about not comparing your sacred self and your shadow self to each other as a feminine leader and executive. This is a conversation that I have been having here and there on the internet streets, as I normally call it, i.e. social media. (laughs) And if you're connected to me at all on there, you may have noticed I recently did a live stream that was titled uh, High Performing Women, Do You Ever Feel Like You Don't Have Time for Your Feelings? And it was a really great conversation about feminine leadership and our emotions and not suppressing them or avoiding them in the name of hustling and grinding and and working more to get the result, rather also not neglecting our womanhood. And then I started thinking about what tends to happen in those moments where powerful women who have a really strong presence and image where you're perceived in in such a way where you almost don't give yourself permission to have those moments of vulnerability or to feel your emotions and you almost see it as a sign of weakness rather than as a moment in time. And so the reason I'm titling this episode, don't compare your shadow self with your sacred self is because I like to look at it this way. Our, our shadow selves are, are like the parts of ourselves that have had human experiences. And oftentimes that comes with emotional reactions to those experiences. Right. And Throughout my work and even in my own journey, I've noticed how we can be so hard on ourselves. We can be so hard on ourselves where we are comparing these shadow versions of ourselves to our sacred self. And I see our sacred self as our like the God within this supernatural divine part of ourselves where our greatness lives, where our highest potential lives, where what we were created and born to be and made of is who we are. And a lot of times when, especially for those of you who are my leaders, my executives, um, my entrepreneurs, killing it in business or corporate or whatever career you have, when you are seen as such a high level in your work and you're seen as powerful, you have this really powerful image and persona It can feel like moments of weakness if you are finding yourself shaming yourself for being human. And then you start to compare this human part of yourself, the the shadow parts of yourself 
to the sacred parts of yourself. And that's not fair to yourself to do that. It's interesting because I have a community called the Sacred Self Society where I help women to practice the art of shifting from their shadow to their sacred self so that they are operating as their most empowered selves to create the life, the leadership and the relationship of their dreams. And I I posted in there inside of the space today and said, stop comparing your shadow self to your sacred self. I'm going to be really transparent with you all. It took a long time for me to not see emotions as weak because of the conditioning and the programming that I received in my own home growing up. I, I saw and experienced a lot of programming and conditioning around patriarchy uh, for my father, you know, basically shaming me for having emotions, which is a big part of humanity and womanhood, right? Like having emotions. And for a long time, I thought that anytime I felt any emotion, it was a sign of weakness. Whether if it was an emotion because something happened in the moment or it was a suppressed emotion that was surfacing that still had never been processed and it was surfacing to be processed, I felt like that meant I was weak. And I would shame and judge myself, my shadow self, for having emotions, my human self for having emotions because of that programming and conditioning. And what happened was I created so much separation internally from the human parts of me and then the greatness and the potential where my gifts and my zone of genius just thrives and shines. And it it created a lot of duality within myself to the point where I I felt like if I wasn't on my A game 24 seven, I wasn't being enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't worthy and deserving of what I desire, whether it was more money, uh, going to the next level, uh, whatever, whatever the result, the end game, the outcome that I was desiring, I attached a lot of my worthiness and my self-worth to that for those moments. And if I could go back to that part of myself and just hug her, <laughs> and of course I give myself plenty of love and love on myself. But it it really has been something that I've been thinking about lately and bringing more conversations to the forefront because I have been in so many spaces and places and rooms. I, I've been in some really high-powered masterminds lately for business with women who are killing it in business, multimillionaires. And I see who they are behind the scenes And I see who they are in the public, right? So I'm seeing, I'm seeing the both and, and I'm noticing two things. There's those who embrace that they're, they're human and they are also geniuses at what they do and they are at peace with that. And you can tell the difference. And then there's the ones who you can tell are trying to put on the strong face and trying to pretend like they've got it all together and they've got it all figured out. But they're literally 
a moment, an experience, a circumstance away from cracking. I can always smell it. I can always see it. Those are the ones I really am speaking to right now because you can't forever put on that facade, carry on with that persona and it be sustainable. It's not sustainable. And what I have found that people do that is because they're, they're shaming their shadow parts of themselves. They're shaming themselves for their humanity. They're shaming themselves for, uh, having very normal human responses to life, right? Like God gave us emotions for a reason and emotions are to feel process and alchemize our life experiences. And what's interesting is I made a post just today where I said, self-awareness is knowing when you need to shift your mindset, alchemize an emotion or feed your soul. And the issue I have found is when people don't know which one is which. A lot of people are using mindset work for emotional work or spiritual work, and they're actually not one in the same. There's different approaches that you use for mindset. There's different approaches you use for processing emotions. There's different approaches that you use for spirituality. And that's one thing I love about the work I do. I have a mind, body, soul approach to the work I do because I understand that you can't approach the mind the same way you approach emotions and you don't approach the mind and the spiritual pieces the same either. And so all that to say, when, when you continue carrying on with these personas and it could be either you feel like it's weak to have emotions, you're comparing, you're comparing your shadow self to your sacred self, which is doing a total disservice to yourself, or you may just not know what you need when you need it. You know, I see a lot of people using affirmations, trying to shift their mindset when really what they need to do is somatic work. You know, I hear, I see a lot of stuff online where people talk about, oh, if you're operating in scarcity, then you need to do affirmations and mindset work. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Scarcity is actually something that lives in the body and it requires somatic movement to heal. That's a whole nother training. Okay. So if you want me to train about abundance and how to tap into the frequency of abundance and what that looks like, let me know, because I have a powerful, powerful training that I've been kind of behind the scenes working on when it comes to lack and scarcity and and how to approach abundance. But anyway, the, the point that I'm making here is you have to know what you need when you need it. And you step into that higher level of self-awareness when you're not shaming, judging your shadow self, when you're not criticizing your shadow self, when you're not comparing your shadow self to your sacred self, feeling like, well, you're just not good enough because you can't operate at your sacred self 24 seven. Well, my dear, that's part of being human, right? We're, we're still fallible as human beings. We're, we're still very imperfect as human beings. One of the examples that I love to think about is how people put celebrities and movie stars and actors and actresses on a pedestal. And one reason why I feel like I am called to work with people who have a high profile, I I have certain people I would love to work with. Cardi B is one of them. So Cardi B, if you listen to this girl, come, come DM me on Instagram. (laughs) 
Um, there's certain people that I would just love to work with in the industry and be their coach. But the reason why for me is because I can hold people in their shadow and in their shine. I don't put people on a pedestal just because of who they are, what they've accomplished or how much they have. That stuff means nothing to me. And I I find that a lot of people struggle with the duality of our shadow self and our sacred self because they put other people on a pedestal. And when you do that, what you're psychologically doing to yourself is you're creating this cognitive dissonance between your shadow and sacred self. So that when you are in your shadow or you're experiencing what I call shadow emotions, which are the lower frequency range of emotions that can be the more heavier, dense emotions, what tends to happen is you're judging yourself for having those experiences because you're not operating at that moment you feel as your sacred self. But this is where the sacred self gets to come in, right? The sacred self is not this character that you create to be loved, accepted, and good enough. The sacred self is actually this part of you that's supposed to come and be a support when the shadow emotions are coming up. And I, I find a lot of people have a very misconstrued understanding of themselves when they are not as their best selves in a moment. And they, they take a moment and they allow that moment to define themselves. They create a story about themselves that is not based on truth. And so what the beautiful part about doing this type of work is, is that when you are so self-aware, when you know what you need, when you need it, is it mindset shifting work that you need to do? Is it emotional alchemy work that you need to do? Or is it you need to do some soul work? But knowing what you need when you need it is really going to help you to not shame and judge yourself, but to start moving into the process of actually approaching whatever experience you're having in that moment. And I, I had a really... I've, I've just been having a really beautiful time with myself behind the scenes of deepening this for my own self. You know, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to see what I need when I need it, when it's like, Oh, I need to do some somatic movement. Oh, I need to journal and I need to do some identity work. I need to do some scripting. Oh, I need to go sit in solitude and connect with the creator and be more present, like knowing what I need when I need it without shaming myself, condemning myself or judging myself because I'm having a moment as a human and not making that mean anything about myself. And this is what actually cuts your, this, this right here is what impacts your ability to connect more deeply with others, to create more impact as a leader and in the work you do to have magnetic visibility. If you're creating an online brand and you have online products and services, being magnetically visible is huge for your business and your company. How to draw people in with your magnetism. You cut your magnetism off every time you're operating in those shadow emotions, those lower frequency emotions of shame and judgment and comparisonitis. And whenever you are going out into the world, either to connect with others or create impact or to be more visible and seen in the work you do, that state that you're in informs people something about you. 
And when we are in a place of self-judgment, self-criticism, um, comparing our, our parts of ourselves to some people call it your higher self. I, I call it your sacred self, uh, or comparing yourself to other people who you've put on a pedestal. You are literally deactivating your power and your power is what makes you alluring. Your power is what makes you magnetic. Your power is what makes you captivating, whether if it's in your relationships, whether if it's in the work that you do, whether if it's in creating an online brand and business to magnetize people, they call it attraction marketing. But this concept applies to most areas of life that you deeply value. And so it would behoove you to master this. You know, it's interesting because I I have been calling myself a self-mastery coach lately. When people ask me, like, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a self-mastery coach. I help you master yourself so that you're creating more impact as a leader and you're creating thriving relationships and you're creating the abundant life you desire. You're having that magnetic visibility in the work that you do. So I support women in their life, business and relationships. Because I understand that when you master you, whether if you're going to have a conversation with your partner, whether if you're going to go write copy for your offer, whether if you're going to go speak in front of an audience, whether if you're going to turn the camera on and do a live stream, I understand that wherever you go, there you are and whatever state you're in in the moment is what's going to contribute to the result on the other side. And one of the most deactivating ways I've noticed women operating in is this comparisonitis. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy, but man, I think it's a thief of a lot of things. I think it's a thief of your magnetism. I think it's the thief of your captivation. I think it's the thief of your power. I think it's the thief of you really being in your greatness and your potential, And it's not just you comparing yourself to others, but comparing you yourself to these other versions of yourself. When you feel like I'm having a moment, maybe you're feeling disappointed and you're processing the feeling of disappointment. If you make that moment mean anything about you, you actually risk living in that longer than necessary. You start creating stories about yourself that are not true. And now you're, you're in your mind psychologically thinking about how much better it would be if you were just killing it in the moment in your business or in the work you do, or if you were having a really romantic time with your partner, or if you were impacting more lives in the work you do, like you start comparing yourself internally to when you're on your A game. And that's not fair to yourself to do that because moment by moment, day by day, We are having different experiences as humans. Something may show up in your business that you have to address. Something may show up with your family. Something may show up with your team. Something may show up with a client. But who you are in those moments is what matters. And if you're having a moment with yourself where maybe maybe you do get activated by someone, maybe someone says or does something that activates you and 
some shadow emotions arise and you're invited. I believe those are invitations for you to alchemize those emotions so that you can shift into a higher way of being so that you can receive divine guidance from God on what to do next. It depending on how you handle those situations depends on if you're going to stay in your power or not. But if you are constantly comparing these parts of yourself, shadow versus sacred self, as I've been giving an example here for context, you are doing yourself a major disservice. I have encountered so many women, especially my sisters, fellow black women, who struggle with feeling their feelings. I get it. I've been there. You know, one thing I'm really passionate about is feminine leadership. And I'm passionate about it because I believe feminine leadership is the healthy, sustainable way for us to thrive as women and leaders in the work that we do, where we're not compromising our well-being just to climb the ladder, just to make it to the top, just to receive more accolades, just to make more money, just to have more success, but that we're keeping our womanhood intact, that we're keeping our well-being intact, that we're keeping our, our whole selves intact. And I've been really passionate about talking about these, this conversation more openly lately because I saw behind the scenes how many women, especially my sisters, black women, have struggled with vulnerability, have struggled with feeling their feelings. And you're so intelligent, you're so smart that you do this thing right here. You intellectualize your feelings thinking that means you process them and felt them. But those aren't the same things, my dear. Thinking about your feelings, intellectualizing your feelings, that it's not the same thing as actually feeling your feelings. Feeling your feelings is a felt sense experience in the body. But just thinking about them, that's why I think so many people are emotionally suppressed and energetically stagnant because they spend so much time living in their head. And for a while now, I've been saying how if you're overthinking, you're under feeling. Overthinking is usually a symptom of under feeling, meaning you're not feeling your feelings. You're trying to overthink it. You're trying to override the body, the sending signals to your brain saying there's something that needs to be felt. And you think you can just keep thinking and thinking and thinking. And that's how burnout happens. Burnout does not happen because you are doing too much. Although, yes, let me take that back. Burnout does happen when you're doing too much, but most times burnout happens when you're thinking about the wrong things too much. And so I'm really passionate about feminine leadership right now because I've been working with some some very high-performing, high-powered women behind the scenes. Some are serial entrepreneurs. Some have higher-level positions in corporate and uh, and I work with women from all demographics and races, you know, but when I what but I noticed the difference between 
black women and women of other cultures and there is a struggle of vulnerability and feeling feelings. And I get it because for a long time, I felt like being a feminine woman was weak. I actually prided myself in being an alpha woman, <laughs> you know, being Miss Independent. I don't need nobody. I can do it all by myself. Like I took pride in that. I hid my heart. I suppressed my feelings. I would think about my feelings. I would intellectualize my feelings, but I didn't actually feel them. And what it did for a long time was it kept a wedge between me and people. I couldn't form deeper connections with other people. It impacted my impact as a leader. <laughs> I had no magnetic visibility, okay? Like, it's funny because a lot of people talk about the engagement I, I receive on social media and I received some pretty decent engagement. People talk about it. And I said, you know, I created that through building my personal brand. And it's actually something I've been uh, working with clients on behind the scenes and conversations I've been bringing forward more. But doing this inner work has created more visibility for me. It's made me more magnetic online so that I could attract the aligned people I desire to work with, where people share my content. And it's all, it's all been because of this inner work, doing the mind, body, emotion, soul work. And a lot of times I've noticed my sisters, you will go and you will take every course and program on strategy that you can get your hands on. Tell you what to do and you will go do it. But I want to see a shift where just as much investment is being made in who you are being when you're doing those things. Science and psychology have shown us time and time again that 80 to 90% of our results is all in ourselves, the inner game, our mindset, our emotional intelligence, our energetics, our psycho-spiritual dynamics, 10 to 20% is in the strategy. But I see so many of my sisters flip-flopping it, spending 10 to 20% of their time and investments on their inner selves and spending 80 to 90% of investment in strategy. And then wondering why, well, being is not intact, feeling burned out. That's why, my love relationships falling apart. That's why my love. You've got to reverse it. The rooms that I've been in, like I said, I've been in some masterminds with women who are running multi-million dollar businesses and I'm like the little baby in the room <laughs> because I, I haven't reached that level of financial success yet. See, I put that yet on there at the end, yet. However, something that has really sat with me is I'm often the only black woman in these rooms where we're having conversations, deep conversations about self-mastery, emotional intelligence, spirituality and faith, mindset and subconscious rewiring and beliefs and things like that 
But when it was about strategy and I would go in those rooms, that's where I would see all my sisters. But when I would go into these other rooms and we're talking about different trauma-informed modalities and how to raise your frequency, I am the only black person in the room. Many of those times. And that's why I'm still I'm so passionate about this work and I'm still here and I'm still standing because I know that there's so much work that gets to be done for all women. But, you know, right now in this moment, I'm specifically talking to black women and women of color because we have always been the strong one who can work and get it done. But at what cost? At what cost? Because if your well-being and your relationships and your health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health are all compromised, is it really worth it? And I talked about recently I did a three-part story over on social media where I was sharing this story after I got back from a trip in Miami. I was down in Miami for a few days recently, masterminding with my uh, fellow mastermind participants that were all in the same mastermind. And our mentor treated all of us to this luxury experience in Miami. It was absolutely incredible. And I wrote this story in three parts. And in part three, I said this, I said, if you're compromising your soul fulfillment for more success, that is not abundance. That is lack. I see so many people share how they are hustling and getting the bag and grinding for more streams of income and more success. And they're not fulfilled. They have no peace. Their well-being is not intact. And when I say well-being, I want to be clear here. I'm not talking about having a six-pack and having the perfect body. I'm talking about mental, emotional, spiritual well-being. Okay? Uh, I see a lot of this behind the scenes. And it's not coming from a place of abundance. It's coming from a place of lack. And I believe it's a generational historical issue, especially for black people here in the States. Coming from a culture where our ancestors experienced essentially genocide with slavery. And I still see that dynamic playing out to this day now in business and entrepreneurship, where there's this chase for more, this chase for the next level, this chase for more money, this chase for the next level, this chase for more money, this chase for the next level. And people are calling it abundance. But when you're compromising your fulfillment, your peace, your joy, your love life, your everything that's also important, that's not operating from abundance, my dear. That is operating from lack. That's operating from scarcity. I can't tell you how many people I've encountered who have financial wealth and feel lack. 
literally have a net worth and feel like it's not enough. That is lack. This is the work that gets to be done. This is about who are you internally. There's nothing outside of yourself that's ever, ever going to make you feel enough financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally. If you cannot find that frequency and that feeling within yourself first, there's not a person, a place or a thing outside of yourself that's going to give you that. That's something between you, God, and if you want to hire a coach, you know, to support you with that journey. But I think it's a it's an important conversation to have because I find a lot of people don't want to do the shadow work. They just want to show up in the world with the facade and the image of the sacred self of I have figured it out, I've made it or I. And really strong and got it all together because of, for whatever reason, it serves them. But behind the scenes, there's a whole nother picture going on. And the shadow work, although it may not always be sexy, you know, I have a coach where she talks about it's the unsexy work. That glow up is always sexy. And I don't know about you. If you've been with me for any length of time, you know, I stand for the both and in my work and in my world. I believe in the sacred scripture where it says that God wants us to have peace and prosperity. I I have chills running through my body just saying that peace and prosperity. There's another scripture that says that God's blessing adds no sorrow. And so I believe that we get to be soul fulfilled and have success, to have peace and prosperity, to be on this planet building a legacy and have a love life, to be wealthy and have our well-being intact. I stand for the both and. And I believe it's time to stop shaming and judging yourself for when you have these experiences, the shadow emotions showing up and learn how to properly navigate them and move through them. You will cultivate the most beautiful relationship with yourself as a result. I'm going to tell you, I have found abundance within me. Before I have seen the financial, physical manifestation of financial abundance show up in my physical world yet. But I know it's inevitable because of what I felt internally. I know that I am abundant. I am abundant. You know, when it comes to love, I am love. I don't need to seek love outside of myself when I know that love exists within me. That's how you become a magnet to draw in that which you desire, whether if it's love, whether if it's abundance, whatever it is you're desiring, you have to find it within yourself first.
And it starts by you not comparing your shadow and your sacred self to each other. It starts with you not shaming yourself and judging yourself for having very real human experiences and learning the proper tools and approaches to process during those experiences so that you can alchemize them and find your flow. Receive divine guidance from God. Access wisdom that's available for you that has the answers and solutions to the prayers you've been praying, to the problems you've been having, to the challenges you've been trying to solve. Every single thing you need exists within you. Nothing is missing. But you've got to be the one to awaken to that and remember that. I'm really grateful that we could have this conversation together and connect in this way. I have been feeling into an abundance training that I want to do live. And so if that's something that you would love to hear from me on, you would love to hear my training on abundance. I'd love if you would come DM me on Instagram or Facebook and just let me know because it helps me to know what to create for you when I hear from you. (laughs) Uh, If you're on my email list, you could always email me too. And then of course, if you are looking for private support and you feel like I'm your coach, feel free to either send me an email, uh, CA at CassandraAusta.com, Cassandra spell with one S, or you can private message me on Facebook and Instagram and I can share with you how to get that started. In the meantime, give yourself the same love, grace, and compassion you so freely and easily and effortlessly give to everyone else because you deserve it. And I'm looking forward to connecting and chatting with you next time. All right, take care now. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.